uh, yeah, do you know what? This is an amazing opportunity. Uh, I came to this church in 2005. 2005, how hilarious is that? And, and in 2005, I came here uh, just kind of obedient to, to what I felt God was saying to my life in terms of moving uh, forward in worship. And uh, let me just get me all thing up. My wife's going to be absolutely like furious at me saying, Dave, why did you not get this all ready beforehand? And I have actually got this ready beforehand. I'm just putting it on here. Um, so <laughs> just a bit about myself. My name's Dave Skopek. I, my Skopek is German. My dad is German. My mom's English. Um, I was unfortunately raised to support the German national football team, which I still do. Um, <laughs> bless you. So um, it's great to be myself in this place. I can be this level of honesty. Um, Nevertheless, um, I, I came here, I'm, I'm married to Charlie, who's my wife sitting over there. I have two amazing small kids, uh, Eden and Isaiah. I'm part of a, a wonderful fellowship in rugby called Bilton Evangelical Church, and it's so amazing that some of my best friends over there actually made the journey to come over and, and support, and so do make them feel welcome. Uh, hi. Um, that's, that's really cool. Oh, has this gone off again? Has this gone? Oh, no, it hasn't. So, um... But what I wanted to do is I've been invited today just to share you just about the journey that I've been on. It's been an incredible journey. And before I even want to start, I just want to say humbly just to come before you guys and say thank you so much for what you have invested in me. This church has been my home for seven years. It was from my home from 2005 to 2012. And during that time... Um, you guys have sowed so much into me that I didn't even realize at the time, but actually now I'm only starting to see the fruit of. Uh, it was this church that loved me, cared for me, instructed me, gave me a home, made me feel welcome. And uh, I now actually, I'm running a youth work charity, one of the biggest youth work charities now in Warwickshire called Young People for... Ooh, that's gone really boomy, isn't it? Hello. Um, I now run this charity. Um, I do a lot of support as well, uh, working with faith-based organizations, helping them raise funding so they can continue to do what God's called them to do. Uh, and in between all that, I still worship and serve at my church in rugby. But again, a lot of the stuff that I'm enjoying now actually has been a result of what you guys have sowed into me. And I just want to say on my heart, I'm just literally thank you so much for what you guys did. So um, let's crack on with this. I've been invited to talk about transformation, but before we talk about that, I just thought I'd do something silly. Um, this is a... Whenever you come on stage and you then worship lead and then you talk, it's very easy for people to see it's all about you. Uh, I want to do show you some things about my biggest mistakes when I was here. Uh, so um, just to make myself humble. First of all, most, oh, is this working? There we go. Right, so this was me uh, lying down. This was at the end of my time. So in 2011, uh, my time at SCF kind of came to an end. My contract finished. I'd been here serving, and I felt God was saying, um, it's time now to move forward. Uh, but amazingly, all those people here gave me a wonderful sign-off. Um, and that was part of my youth. So there's Ben, there's Pete, Brett, Tom, um, quite a few other people as well, all hiding in there. And uh, my first one I want to share with you is this thing. This is hilarious. Is this going to work? Is it going to work? Do I have to, like, point it? Oh, there we go. Oh, hello. Steady, steady. There we go. Oh, it's going. You see, this really breaks the ice. Amazing. So this is my first big mistake. So I used to run on Friday nights. I used to run a rock night, okay? It was hilarious. Rock nights were basically, we took over and we put on loads of bands. And on this one particular night, I remember it very, very clearly because we had four bands, uh, really big bands from the local community. Uh, one of them was, at the end, was a Christian band. They were going to share the gospel message. And just before they came on, we got so loud in here. There were like over 200 young people. It was epic. We then blew the sound desk. Um, which really upset a few people, and I need to say sorry again. 
I did really apologize to you guys, um, but I got a bit of stick for that. But either way, like, we managed to work it. The gospel message was preached to over 200 young people, and we had a hell of a time. Uh, but that was me when I had ridiculous hair. Um, again, I can only apologize. Like I said, it was, it was offensive. Look at that. What was going on there? Um, Next one, this, was, uh, this is a special weekend. So when I took over as youth worker, uh, we had loads of amazing different youth projects. We had dance projects. We had chuds. Those fellas right there, give them a round of applause. They've come out of their way. Lewis and Jake, do you know what? We had some times. Um, but we, we had loads of different youth projects happening, and um, we wanted to do something that brought everything all together. So I managed to book a weekend away at Lee Abbey. It's a retreat center. It was an outdoor residential. And... Uh, Hilariously, I, at the start of the financial year, I blew my budget of five grand and went three grand overspent. <laughs> it was brutal. However, do you know what? Again, this is the amazing grace of your leadership. I was so young, like I could have got chastised for that. So I was allowed to feel so much grace and support. It wasn't only until like a few months ago that I realized the severity of how there was additional meetings to talk about what they were going to do about this young youth worker who had just blown his budget. Um, hilariously now, I have to manage a budget of about half a million for this organization I work for. So God's really done some redemptive work in terms of transformation. But this was a very special time. We brought about 50 young people together from loads of different activities, and we had a great time, which then led on to this thing, which, again, I thought about GDPR. I couldn't really show loads of pictures about people's faces and stuff like that, so I just put a ridiculous one on me, at Soul Survivor. But on this particular Soul Survivor, we had 10 young people who've been, who I've been working with through, like music workshops, bands, rock nights, all those sorts of things. 10 young people gave their lives to Christ that summer. Uh, and several of them are actually in here. Two of them are there, right there, Jess and Katie, which is just incredible. <laughs> So, um, what, I didn't do too bad a job. <laughs> I didn't do too bad a job. So basically, I just want to say, that was, that was me. That's the journey I've been on. I know that you guys are doing some amazing stuff. It's so great to be back here. And uh, let's crack on with this. So what I've got is um, a few slides I want to show you and just share with you what I just feel God has been sharing, teaching me for the past few times. And the first thing I want to do is use this as an analogy to, to kind of open up our talk. Let's hope this works. Beep. Has it worked? Haha, <laughs> success. Okay, right. This, ladies and gentlemen, is my father-in-law's boat. Uh, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Pretty snazzy. Has anyone ever been in a boat like that? Raise your hand if you've ever been in a boat, a speedboat like that. Okay, right. So this is the context and the analogy and the metaphor that I'm going to use for the rest of my talk. Uh, preach, sermon, teach, whatever you want to call it. Um, when you drive a car and stuff like that, you can literally carry on in a straight line. You can make very kind of incremental changes, but basically you do not touch the wheel very much. You can pretty much carry on in a straight direction direction for a long, long drive. If you don't touch the wheel for about a minute, assuming you drive straight and you keep your hands on the wheel and don't make any kind of changes, you'll still probably actually make your destination. If you drive a boat on the high sea, literally, if you do not touch the sea, if you do not touch the, wi- the wheel and do not make any sort of incremental changes and stuff like that, you will probably be about 30 degrees off course by the time, like within a space of a minute. And this is what I kind of find out because literally I was allowed to drive this boat. It was hilarious. Um, I nearly crashed it, but I didn't, uh, because literally I had to intervene, because apparently, like, you have the boys in, like, Pool Harbor, where we, we go out and drive this thing. You, you have these boys, and underneath the boys, there are these massive chains and stuff, and if you extend over the chains or something, you can really do some damage, and I nearly did that, and uh, thankfully, the father-in-law had to intervene, but basically, it kind of really taught me this amazing lesson, like, if, 
In order to drive a boat, if you have to keep a boat straight, you are constantly recompensating. You are constantly having to turn left and to turn counter left and counter right, literally just to hold on straight. Because there are so many things that are impacting your, your trajectory, impacting your direction. There's the waves, the tidal patterns, there's the wake of other boats, there's the wind, there's everything that is going on. And it's literally just in order for you to stay straight and on course, you will have to be on your game. You have to be constantly on it because the moment you start to get complacent and start to do anything like that, you are going to go off course. And this is the kind of metaphor I want to come in because the topic of today is about transformation. That's the thing that you guys are on. And the big thing that I've learned is that transformation is not inevitable. Transformation is something that you have to be intentional about. You have to be full on with it because the moment that you do it, actually, you're going to backslide. There's an amazing talk, you know, John Maxwell, he's a guy that I long admire, he writes loads of books, and he talks about this idea that everyone has uphill dreams but downhill habits. Uphill dreams but downhill habits. Like nothing happens by default. Another guy, Peter Drucker, he's like a leadership expert, and he, he wrote a quote, he says, the only thing that naturally occurs in an organization is confusion, frustration, and underperformance. Everything else requires leadership. Friendships do not automatically happen. Close friendships, intimate friendships do not automatically happen. Us pursuing the vision, the destiny that God has for us will not automatically happen. We have to participate in it fully with our full minds. We have to go for it. We cannot do it. Yeah, preach it. Right, ladies and gentlemen, if I do actually say something, this is my first ever time. If I say something that kind of resonates, say amen, preach it. Let's just go a bit. I like Pentecostal, okay? I, I love that sort of stuff. So let's just do this. So what I want to share with you is just two areas of my life that I feel God is kind of talking. Um, is it because I'm moving around quite a lot? Is it? I've got to hold it right there. Okay. So, thank you. Thank you, Jim. Um, there's two areas that I feel God is calling me again and again to reset. And that's what I want to bring in. Again, this is the message of today. The first thing is, uh, the first area is, is I want to share with you is perspective. Okay. We'll come on to this picture in a second. Perspective. And the second area is priority. Those are the two areas that I feel that like I constantly have to reset. So the first thing I want to share with you is, is basically this one. This is Joshua. Okay? This is a picture from a film, a depiction of the Old Testament story and Joshua. And what we see, okay, is this is the part of, of the story where the Israelites are now moving forward into the promised land. An entire generation has been denied access to the promise because they weren't able to perceive the prompt, because they weren't having the right perspective. In the face of the challenge, in the face of the obstacle, they lost their perspective, and they were denied access to the promise. And here what we see in the book of Joshua right now is actually God is about to instruct Joshua with how to maintain the perspective how to maintain the focus so that he can then fulfill the promise. You see, a lot of the things that we need to understand with the story of Joshua is actually the biggest obstacle to us achieving our destiny isn't the devil. It's not the devil. It's not circumstances that are out there, here, there, and everywhere. Actually, it is our perspective. It is how do we see this situation in the light of Christ? How do we see this? Because you are more than conquerors. You are more than conquerors. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So why is this blocking you? So here we see, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so you're careful to do everything in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For I will be with you wherever you go, says the Lord. See, a nation 
was denied access because they lost sight. They lost perspective. And that's what we need to kind of understand. So this is another interesting fact about me is I have a guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure is that I watch motivational YouTube videos. Motivational YouTube videos. Do you know what? They are hilarious, but they're also so great, especially when you are cleaning the kitchen at 10 o'clock at night and all you want to do is go to sleep. You put one of these bad boys on, I tell you what, you will be pumping those dishes, literally working hard. You can do it. But here's the thing that I want to share with you is these... These things have got it all backwards because the message of the world and the message that is constantly communicated to my peers, to my generation, is you've got to drive, you've got to strive, you've got to grind it out, and then maybe, just maybe, you will receive your dream. Your dream ain't going to happen to you. You've got to pursue it. You've got to drive, and you've got to grind it. And, and do you know what? Yeah, there's an element to that. But this is the danger, and this is the actual message of the gospel message is this, is actually that where the world tells you that you must start from a place of absence, of having nothing, of actually being insignificant, insecure, unacceptable, and you have to earn your acceptance, earn your security. What the message of the gospel is this, is that you were never going to get it. You were never going to get it. So I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you your acceptance. I'm going to give you your security. I'm going to give you your significance. So why are you pursuing something that has already been given to you? Why are you pursuing all this sort of stuff when actually that which I've given to you is sufficient? Why are you doing that? Why are you striving? Why are you pursuing this? Why are you grinding just so they would like you? My grace is sufficient. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am loved by the creator of all things, and he is sufficient to meet all my needs. We need to back off a little bit and actually understand why are we grinding? Why are we pursuing things? What is it that is actually our motivation? And this is the thing where we need to reset. We have to reset our perspective. I don't grind. I don't work my butt off because I feel I need something that I am lacking. Actually, I am so filled with God's love. I am so filled with God's power. How can I do anything but grind? How can I do anything but grind? This is what we've got to understand. We do not move forward from a place of absence. Actually, we move forward from a place of blessing. We move forward from a place of grace and a place of strength, not because of anything that we have done, but because of everything that he has done. And then suddenly, actually, what we understand is that obstacle is not enough to to hold us back. It can't hold us back. We are greater because he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And we need to kind of own that. It's time now that we need to start shaking off those false things and starting moving forward with the right perspective. Let me ask you this question again. If Liverpool, I do like Liverpool football team. I do apologize. Uh, raise your hand if you're a Liverpool football fan. There we go. God bless you. Um, <laughs> just imagine, okay, that you are Liverpool and you are coming out onto the pitch and you know that you have already won the league and now you've been invited to play. And you're going to play your opposition knowing already that the greatest prize of the Premier League is already in your back pocket. How would that enable you to play? How would you approach your game? How would you approach your day? How would you approach that? Do you know what? You'll be more creativity. You'll be more daring. You'll be more risky. You'll be doing anything. And do you know what? You'd have so much more fun. You'd have so much more fun. That's God's desire for you. You know, Christ went through the cross of Jesus. You know, he endured the shame. He endured the abuse. He endured all of that. He did not endure all of that so you could find Joey's acceptance. 
He did not pursue all of that so that you would actually then look to other people for your affirmation. Or that you would pursue the, the title of this position, or you would pursue the two, the wife, the two middle kids, whatever it is that you that society looks for. He did not go and do all of that, so you would settle for less. We need to change our perspective. We need to see that God redeems that perspective. Hallelujah indeed. And how do we do that? And how do we do that? How do we actually assess our perspective? And this is again where I try and ooh, this is the most inconsistent. Do you know what? You need a German one of these. They're efficient. <laughs> oh, steady, steady. Sorry, apologies. I shouldn't really bring that sort of stuff into this. But here we go. We gotta, you know, when we go back to this verse, we need to understand how do we do it. How is it that we reset our perspective? And this is the beautiful thing that we kind of often look over. Because there is one line in here that God gives instruction. He tells Joshua about what he wants from him. Be strong, be courageous. But then he actually, in that, in the middle of that, he tells him how to do it. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. He doesn't say keep it in your mind. He doesn't sit down and say, read it, read it every day. He says, speak it. He says, speak it. See, the power of the word, and this is, again, I want to bring this back to this one. If, oh, excuse me. There we go. Power above this one. When we put bits into the mouth, this is from James, James 3. When we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself set on fire by hell. Do you know what? This is quite a damning thing of the tongue, but actually if you read on in terms of the chapter, it talks about that you have the power of life and death in the power of your tongue. We cannot just read the Bible. We need to start memorizing it. And the way we're memorizing it is we speak it. And so I want to tell you something. In the past year or so that I've been doing is I've stopped reading the Bible just as a book. I start speaking it and memorizing it and committing to memory. And I'm doing this. Psalm 23, here you go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. He guides me in righteous living for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He is with me. His rod and staff here comfort me. He prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will live forever in the house of the Lord. Amen. I speak that every day. Every day. Every moment, every drive time, I speak it. And not just that, but every promise that I can remember. Because I speak life to myself. I take responsibility that my heart is mine. It is not the responsibility of some preacher. It is not the responsibility of my wife. It's not the responsibility of him. I cultivate my heart. And I cultivate it through the power of God's word. I can do all things. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Oh, can I just share with you an example of how this was affected me? Because I've been doing this now. I sometimes, when I get the pressure is on, I sometimes get nightmares. I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night with a nightmare and, and it can sometimes really unsettle me. A few months ago, I woke up from a nightmare. And do you know what? Immediately... When before I'd start waking up and start going, you know, getting a drink or something like that, having to process it and think about it, Isaiah 43 came to mind. Do not be afraid for I've saved you. I've called you by name and you are mine. 
you will walk through fire and not be burning, nor will the flames set you ablaze. You will walk through rivers and not drown, and the waters will not overtake you. I went, said that immediately in my mind, and I went straight back to sleep. I woke up the next day thinking, hallelujah, it's working. You know, seriously, the word of God is powerful, and it cannot just stay in a book. We speak it. We speak our identity. We declare who we are. And it is time now to start declaring who God has made you to be. You cannot wait on it anymore. You need to take responsibility. And actually, you need to grow in maturity for this. Because ultimately, a mature Christian is not just about the increased capacity to love and be loved. It's also about the increased capacity to actually shut down the lie of the enemy when he comes at you. You cannot allow, before, I would allow myself to be discouraged and be anxious for days. No. No. I have the words of life in me saying again, you know, Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request before God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, shall guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I declare that every day. No, I will not be anxious. I am declared not to be. A mature Christian is able to shut down discouragement, is able to shut down fear at the earliest possible thing, and it's time now that we take responsibility and understand that actually our greatest barrier to us pursuing our destiny is not going to be something out there. It's in here, and we have the power to shut it down. So we shut it down. Some of you need to hear this. Like your message for today is shut it down. Take ownership of it and shut it down in the name of Jesus. It is not meant to diminish you. I'm getting passionate. (laughs) I'm getting passionate. I'm getting passionate. So here's the next part of this message because I'm just aware that we're running out of time. So the next part of the message is this. is our priority. Every day I have to reset my perspective by declaring the word of the Lord. Every day I also need to reset my priority. I want to show you this, this picture right here. What you see here are all things that my dad has made with his hands. My dad is what I call a master craftsman. My dad is an amazing man. He's not perfect. There's many things that we need to work through with him. Bless him. But he's amazing. But this always inspires me. That picture that you see on the, on the right, my mom went through the catalog and she looked at this bench and she said, I like this bench. My dad was a dutiful husband, and he loved her, and he said, I'm going to get this for you. He didn't go to Argus. He didn't go to home base. No, he went to the timber yard. He went to the timber yard, and he made it. Mastery. This is the next part I want to share with you. Is actually This is something I came across when I was studying to be a fundraiser. Uh, I was shown this kind of like uh, ladder. It's called the ladder of mastery. But, you know, we start with this place of novice, of, of beginner. And then we go into competent, then we go into like accomplished, then we go to excellent, then we go into mastery. If we then put that into this thing, right, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, everyone works the thing. You have got different gifts. You are you, and you are special. And God has given you special things. You know, again, we look in, in the story. Um, beep, beep, please. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Here's the message to you. You have got individual gifts. There are things that you are to be about, but that also means there are things that you are not meant to be about. Some of you are getting distracted. You're getting distracted. Why are you doing something that is not in your line with your calling and not in line with your mission and not in line with where God is calling you to go? We need to be really focused because actually if we're truly to pursue mastery, which I feel this is it, like why are we settling for mediocre? 
Why is average? When did average become acceptable in the church of Jesus Christ? He is not average. He is not mediocre. He is not middle class. He is awesome. He is mighty. He is great. You know, he is worthy of our praise. Right now, there are millions and billions of angels that are declaring the glory of God. All creation declares the glory of God. Yet we settle for a mediocre faith of mild things. We have one healing, and we get high on that for two years. Do you remember how God healed that person? No. Do you know what? That is average. We need to be having healings in this house every week. Raise your hand right now if you've been, had a, a, a pressure, an, an impression from God that your gift is healing. Raise your hand right now. Right, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray greater measure. I pray greater faith. These are your healers. Use them. They have been given the gift of healing. Claim it. Receive it. Go to them. We need to be really clear about our priority. We need to be clear about who we are and what we're called to do. I want to share with you, and again, this is the next thing I want to share with you. This is a book that has, again, changed my life. This is called Love Does by Bob Goff. Anyone actually ever come across this book? Hilarious. It is one of the most enjoyable reads, but at the same time, in terms of, this is a guy who has a childlike faith, who just loves the Lord, and just actually has an amazing journey and walk with him. He says this, there's a concept to this quote, which is from his book. He basically sent a text he sent a text to um, him and his, his daughter were talking in the airport, and he decided to send a text to his daughter's friend saying, what do you think Bob Goff's life should be about? If you were God, what would you ask him to be about? And she just said, like, question mark, question mark, what the hell are you going on about sort of thing. But then she went back over it, and then she thought about it. They had a text again. Keep doing what you're doing with your family. Keep doing what you're doing with us. And a kind of like a formulaic thing kind of approach. And he says, if you were to add up your life, your whole life, your loves and your passions, your interests together with what God has said he wants you to be about, then that is your answer. We hide behind the, per- the, the, the title, God's purpose for my life. God is your father. He doesn't want to hide your purpose from you. He wants to lay it before you. He wants to see you moving with complete clarity. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and sound mind, clear thinking. I've given that to you. Your purpose is not to be some mystical thing that once you suddenly find it, it's going to be you have to get on your knees. Actually, it's really simple. It's just literally looking in your reformed, redeemed state. What is it that you love? What is it you're passionate about? What is that you can talk forever about? And actually, is this in line with what God said he wants you to be about? I took this very, very specifically, and I believe, and I went to approach this, and here's what I came up with. I came up with that my life is forever to be about three things. It's about loving my family. I'm going to commit to being a master in loving my family. There is not going to be a better husband. There is not going to be a better father. I'm going to pursue mastery in those areas. I'm going to boss it. There is not going to be anyone, because here's the thing. This is what I want to show you. We've tried it. We've tried to point out the faults in the world. Actually, the way that we evangelize now is through a better model of living. It is time now that we need to model family in a way where there is no family. It's time that fathers, we need to model fatherhood. It's time that we now need to model motherhood. What marriage is about. Yeah, there's all the sorts of, you know, the civil rights, everything about what that is. But then let's model marriage better. Why are we settling for average in marriage? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Oh my goodness. Come on. 
Second thing is I'm about is, is worship. Worship has always been the, the most enjoyable, most rest, releasing, and most effortless thing for me. I love it. And I would happily stand on this stage every week if you let me. Because I love it. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to mastery of worship. To pursue what it means to lead people into the presence and fullness of God and to facilitate the move of the Spirit so that the kingdom of God can be manifested here and that a church can release it and receive its potential. I pray for your worship leaders that you will pursue mastery of your craft. You would not settle for being mediocre and just doing your three song sets, but actually you would pursue a deeper intimacy with the Spirit. And actually that when you play, the first strum of your guitar will set something in the atmosphere and you will see things move in this community. Come on. And last thing is, is again, is, is, this is specific to me. Like They're all specific to me, but I feel God is calling me to lead and have greater impact. When I was a youth worker, I was a, had the privilege of working with maybe 200 young people. Some of them are sitting right here, and I'm so great to see them. Um, I felt a call that actually, do you know what? If I'm truly to have a greater impact, I need to be going, moving away from the face of things. In order to have an impact on the lives of others, I need to be stepping away from the cold face, and I need to be kind of influencing and leading the systems and structures that are keeping our young people oppressed. And that's what I'm about. I'm going to lead in the voluntary sector. I'm going to lead in charities. I feel this is where God has placed a burden on my heart, and I'm going to pursue mastery of that. These are my three things. What are your priorities? In your ministry areas as a corporate gathering, what are the three things that this church is going to be renowned for? What are you going to be renowned for? I had an amazing friend, he's, he's a, a producer, and it was interesting, he was talking about wanting to grow his produce, production, he was working with a certain particular artist, and then he had um, a word for him saying, stop trying to be just a producer, but start trying to be the producer for this particular genre. Stop, and, he, and that's what he did, and now he's the go-to person for this particular thing. Become the go-to people for your calling. Whatever it is, pursue mastery of it. But don't pursue mastery because actually that's where you're going to get your significance. Like I said, perspective and priority kind of goes together. I don't do this. I don't do this because I feel like this is where my worth comes from and my value comes from. I do this because I know I'm valued. I know that I'm loved. I know that God has blessed me and that he's got good things for me. And this is my response to how amazing he is. And actually when I get exhausted and tired in these areas, I just come back to the Father. I receive, I speak life into my heart and saying that, bless the Lord on my soul and do not forget a single blessing. I do this out of the overflow. We minister out of the overflow of the presence of God in our lives, and that is how we move. We don't move on empty. So therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. The last part I want to talk about as I bring this to a close is about sustaining this. Is how do we keep it going? Like I said, we're driving our boat. We're not driving a car. We have to be on the bowl at all times because actually the wind, the waves, the wake of other boats, the traffic that comes across and stuff, we have to be on it. We have to be intentional about moving forward. Otherwise, actually, we're going to go this way when we should be going this way. 
We're going to start pursuing things that God has not called us to pursue. We're going to start slacking off and actually allowing us to settle for a substandard when God is calling us to greatness. Do you know God is calling us to greatness? We have this thing in UK where we have about false modesty. Well, we're not allowed to be great. We're not allowed to talk about ambition or anything like that because that's not who we are. We've got to be humble and kind. Be great. Be great. In this house right now, you be great. You have permission and you have authority to pursue excellence and mastery and be great and to build the reputation of this house so that it glorifies the Father. Be released in that. Pursue excellence in worship. Pursue excellence in pastoral care. Pursue excellence in discipleship. Do not settle for anything less than excellence. If there is any kind of like mediocrity, get rid of it. We don't have a mediocre God. That theology doesn't matter up. So how do I do it? What is, my, what is my thing? And again, just to share with you this sort of um, journey that I've been on is I realize, again, through my studies, is ultimately your long-term success is going to be determined by your daily agenda. Let me see if that's working. Hello. Hello. Oh, jeez. Bless you guys. Do you know, give these guys a round of applause. <laughs> because there we go. This is... Um, <laughs> This looks like a really, really interesting thing. This is my daily agenda, okay? This is my daily agenda. Right here, Bible recall, speaking the word. I call it Bible recall. I think it sounds like Total Recall, which is an amazing Arnold Schwarzenegger film, and it makes it really, really cool. I do that. I call it Bible recall. Five minutes of pretty much every time opportunity, I'm speaking it. Every drive time I go through, I make sure I declare the word of the Lord, because actually, seriously, this is another message for you. If you want to receive the blessing, you need to be prepared for the level of warfare that accompanies the blessing. If you're wanting to see a greater move of God in your life, you need to understand that there is going to be opposition against you. And therefore, actually, you need to prime yourself with the word and the power of the Lord, which is his word. You need to prep for that. If you want to play a part in the Lord's story, you need to learn his lines. Learn his lines. Bible recall, chapter. Every day I try and read a chapter. Every day. And I've been doing that. I've been At the moment, I'm in 1 Peter. I started with the New Testament. I started with Matthew chapter 1. I'm now in 1 Peter. But I know that actually in order to sustain my journey, to sustain my life, I need to be doing this every day. DC 20, that's Dave Charlie, 20 minutes. I know if I'm going to pursue excellence in my, my relationship and be an amazing husband, I need to listen to my wife. I need to talk with my wife. And I need to set and make sure that it is there in my agenda every day that my wife gets part of me. That she has the best part of me because she, you know, this is the, the foundation on our lives. Charlie's gift. Charlie's gift. We did the love languages thing and actually we realized that Charlie's love language is gifts. That's the way she feels valued and appreciated. So every day now I try and think about a gift that I can give her, whether it's a piece of chocolate, an item of clothing. I screwed up really badly. I got some clothes from Sainsbury's and I didn't look at And uh, yeah, that didn't go well. But I tried. I tried. Um, <laughs> I forgot the receipt as well, so she was stuck with it. Bless her. Um, I'm learning. But I know actually that in terms of actually cultivating an amazing relationship with my wife, I've got to be talking to her, and I need to respond to her in the way that she receives love. Family time. I know if I'm going to lead a masterful family, we need to spend time as a family together. My favorite event, sorry, my favorite event is, is Friday night pizza, okay? Every Friday we have pizza together. We just sit there and we just enjoy it. We go to church together and we make sure that we are spending time as a family, but we're intentional about it. We don't just assume it's going to happen. It doesn't. We lead very busy lives. Charlie runs an alternative learning center where she works with very excluded and, and very vulnerable kids. Our kids are after school clubs. Family time is not a given. 
we have to invest in it. We have to protect it, and we have to be intentional about it. QTE, QTI, that's just quality time with Eden, quality time with my son, Isaiah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're busy. We've got a thriving, busy culture. We're all involved in ministry in some way, shape, or form. If we do not prioritize it and put it into our daily agenda, it's not going to happen. Rest, making sure that I take time to receive and reset my focus, reset my thing, read the word, all that sort of stuff. Investing in friends, investing in my fundraising and and the ministry that I feel God's calling me to. Cultivating and developing my leadership. Investing in my worship by practicing. Do you know hilariously, as if, again, to the musicians out here, when I was in my quiet time with God, I felt God was saying, like, I was playing music to him, and God was like, this is great, Dave, well done, it sounds really beautiful. I'd rather you practice, because when you practice, you get better, and then you can more effectively serve me. So, practice. Practice. If God is calling you to speak on the stage, practice. Do that, make it a daily agenda. And then the other three things are just the stuff that I know if I do not do them, I'm going to get into trouble. Tired of the house, exercise on a daily basis, and just look after the money. <laughs> I do this every day. I do this every day. I've started this daily agenda, and I write down my intention ahead of time as to what I'm going to do, how I'm going to invest, and how I'm going to invest my time and everything like that. Let's come back to just as we come to close this message, okay, because I'm aware of time. We reset our priorities, and we, by, and we also reset our perspective. I don't do any of this to pursue something that is already mine because it's mine. God has given you peace. Stop pursuing peace in other sources. God has given you joy. Stop pursuing joy. God has given you acceptance and significance and security. And I feel like God wants to cut that off from you today that you, because you are pursuing it in ways that are unhealthy for you and will not sustain you in the long term. It's time to come back to the Father, to be filled, and then out of the overflow to pursue mastery of what he has called us to do. And not to settle for anything less. This is the journey that I'm on. This is the journey that I feel God is leading me on. I pray that actually, do you know what, this is spoken to you and that this is ministered to you because ultimately, do you know what the truth is? God loves you. And God has exceedingly and abundantly more for you than you could ask, see, or imagine. And actually, if we are to see that, we have to be intentional because it does not automatically happen. We have to pursue it with an intentionality. But it must come from just a, a relationship and actually an understanding of how much God really, truly loves us. Let me pray. Um, I tell you what, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to do a bit of ministry time because I'm allowed to. I've got the microphone. Um, let's, if you are in a particular ministry, I want you to stand up and we're just going to pray a blessing and a releasing on you. So first of all, if you're involved in uh, seniors ministry, over 50s or anything like that, um, raise your hand or stand up if you can. Right. Stretch out your hand towards these guys. Father God, we just release greater blessing and greater anointing. We release the spiritual gifts that you have placed on them. And we just ask, Lord, that they will pursue just, again, just mastery of that, Lord. And you'll give them clarity. But, Lord, I pray that doors will open. And that they would know just how much they are loved by you. And out of the overflow, that they would serve ever more greatly, ever more extravagantly, and ever more joyfully. 
Next one, if you're in youth, if you're supporting the young people, stand up, raise your hands. <laughs> right, if they're upstairs, you can raise your hands to them outside. Father God, we pray the same again. Bless these guys, Lord. Lord, let there be no ceiling to their imagination. Lord, let them pursue passionate and, and just, just go for it, Lord, with all they've got. We just pray greater blessing on them, Lord, greater anointing. And that through them, Lord, we see lives transformed. Well, I'm going to ask you guys all to stand because let's just pray for now for everyone here. Father, Lord Jesus, we just pray for this house. We just pray. Lord, that, ah. I just feel the Lord wants to say, stop trying and start resting in the knowledge. There is a healing ministry in this church. I was there when it was spoken that there was a well of healing within this church. This is, and I just feel like, just God wants to tell you, like, you are a healing ministry church. There is a ministry of healing within this house, and you do not no longer have to pursue it. You just need to act on it and just re- enjoy it and receive it. So, Lord, we just pray, blow the top of it. Lord, we pray, Lord, for Christmas and all the amazing word that is going on for Christmas. Lord, we pray again for just a blowing off the top of that. Holy Spirit, come and bring your power in this place. Lord, I pray that you raise the standard, Lord, of what is acceptable, Lord, that mediocre will no longer have a place in this house, that we will pursue amazing, passionate, and greatness because you are great. And Lord Jesus, Lord, that is what you're calling us to. But let it not be done out of a striving. Let it be done out of an overflow from a renewed perspective, Lord, that because you first loved us, we can then go on to love others. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, just come here. I just feel as well like just I said stop pursuing what is already yours there are people here that are pursuing acceptance pursuing significance and pursuing security and then God wants to tell you it's yours it's yours stop your striving You're wearing yourself out. You're exhausted. And you can't continue this journey. So God just wants to tell you to stop it now and just receive. 